Wassel's like a, uh, like a Christmas beverage. It's like a northern thing, isn't it? Something like that. Chouse is like a goblet. Or like, I feel yeah. like you have to, yeah. it has to be cold for it to. I'd look up all his terms right now. Yeah. Well. well, anyways, welcome to the Shred Shed Podcast. I'm Doug. What's going on? Aaron Zen. is right here with us. And we also have Shirtless Brian. What's up? Shirtless Brian. Brian. Now, <clears throat> Brian is new to the podcast, so excuse him if he says anything that's kind of weird. But that's all right. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, we just got done recording a research study uh, that talked about the comparison of hypertrophy, training, which is lots and lots of reps, and lower load versus higher loads, but fewer reps. And what happens when you train that way. If you're interested, you can listen to that episode. We're not going to talk much about the specifics concerning that here, but what we are going to talk a little bit about is our background with training when it comes to strength. Strength being hard to define oftentimes, especially when you're talking about different sports or different endeavors, but uh, we're going to start there. Um, Aaron, what you, how would you define strength? What does strength mean? Uh, I mean, I would define it as a maximal force a muscle can produce. I don't know. I, I okay. kind of go from my strict textbook definition. So you, exerting uh, that sounds force. super strict. That sounds I, like verbatim. I mean, you want to talk about mental strength? Talking about like well, this is I, I, I kind of want strength to the mu- yeah. You're right. You're right. And shirtless um, Brian is on the front cover of the picture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you look at the definition is that of his back? In the dictionary, it's me. It's my name. Crickets. No. Awkward. But, but uh, that is true, actually. I have the dictionary in my hand right now. Oh, yep, there's a picture of Brian uh, when he had long hair and a beard. What a model. Yeah, pretty hot. Or so they say. Anyways, uh, yeah, so your definition of strength, Aaron, would be more along the lines of like maximal force production. Yeah. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's my, you know, textbook head. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brian, what do you think strength is? Physical strength. Let's just stick with physical strength. Crickets. (laughs) (laughs) Getting swole every day. Every day. Getting swole. I don't... Now we gotta define another word, and that is swole. What does swole mean? Yeah. No, but seriously, uh, I think... In my opinion, strength can be used um, in a couple different capacities. One is, uh, yeah, maximal force production, but also relative force production. Like, can are you strong enough to move your own body, right? Um, or can you catch yourself on a fall? Or let's say you jump off of, um, I don't know, a box and you don't tumble down and roll your ankle or tear your ACL. Um, strength to me is oftentimes misinterpreted as the person who can lift the most weight, but it doesn't always appear oh. as functional. So you tell me marathon runners can be strong? Um, relative, yeah. Yeah. But I would say the fact that they're running marathons is actually harming their strength potential because most yeah. marathon runners really aren't very strong. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. but <clears throat> as far as as far as uh, strength protocols go, we mentioned this in our past episode. Uh, about that research piece by Brad Schoenfield. Um, but they studied two different protocols of strength. I don't know. For you guys, what have you found to work when it comes to trying to get stronger? Hmm. What? Yeah, what works? I'm, I'm a fan of 8 to 12, you know? 
Oh, getting stronger. Let me say. I'm just thinking about getting bigger here. Oh, okay. Eight oh. to twelve. I mean, eight, eight to twelve reps, reps. You know, in like gotcha. a three or four set kind of. Okay. It's very standard. It's very you know by the book. Uh, it's it's usually how I train my clients. I, I like to go, you know, lower on the rep scheme with deadlifts. Mm-hmm. But um, um, actually, it kind of relates to to the article we talked about. But there's a there's a there's a risk associated with going heavier, and so as a trainer, I have to play that whole risk re- reward. Uh, ratio and eight to twelve does it good for me. I I, I can still make make uh, strength gains, but uh, I can still get people muscle size. So gain. that's interesting. You said a risk to reward. So what do you mean by that? Uh, I, I would say every exercise or every way of doing an exercise carries a certain risk to it. Um, I'm paid to help people reach their goals. But my number one concern is not injuring someone. If I injure someone, that's a bad thing. So mm-hmm. um, I can still get a, a certain result with not with maybe not doing a certain exercise or or, uh, or protocol. Right, right. Just doing it differently. So Aaron's eight to twelve uh, reps. What about? Let's start with. Uh, well, you already started us, but what do we think about um, when it comes to reps? For me, I've always had it in my mind that like five and under reps per set is the uh, the money range for getting stronger and that was mostly because of i think um just being conditioned by college schooling and stuff and uh, i always trained that way if i want to get stronger i'm gonna do five or fewer reps per set um at higher lows of course uh but didn't we we did find out in that article that that might not be completely true right yeah there's there's definitely strength gains uh to be had if you're going to train up to 10 reps yeah yeah Yeah. it almost seems like seems like a uh continuum or a graph where like if you're training for lower reps you're going to get more strength but there's also you know a swing where it's kind of like a, a i don't know if, you, if you're going to train higher reps you're still getting benefit just not as much mm-hmm. so it's like like a pendulum there's a give and take it's not as much as like right i used to think well if you're going to train eight, eight to twelve reps you're just not getting any strength yeah and there's no benefit there yeah. but there is there definitely yeah. is yeah. definitely shirtless brian what do you think all right so y'all want to know how to get strong? Here's what you do. Look out. You got to take a shot of bourbon <laughs> distilled in the heart of a mountain filled with bears. The, whoa, whoa. The and bears make, are in the heart of the mountain? Yes. Or are they on the mountain? They live in the heart of the mountain. Wow. Okay. So you got to avoid the bears. What time of and year are we getting the then bourbon? Then you mix it with a shot of coffee that's been brewed um, from the fecal matter of an uh, elephant. This is getting out of That's control. That's aged precisely 12 years old. and then old elephants. Okay. Then you fill up a barbell with 45-pound plates and you lift it. Doesn't matter how you lift it. Just lift just, it. Just, just lift it. Lift it. Yeah, I would assume that'd be kind of like a deadlift, right, Aaron? I would, yeah. Just yeah. pick it up. I and mean, pick it up, I, I mean, right? that, that's about as basic as it gets. What about, yeah. I mean, and if you're filling it with 45s, you can't really clean it. So you just kind of have to just, you know, yeah. pick it up. So what what's a post workout meal for you if that's your pre workout? Like uh, the hearts of uh, <laughs> the hearts of it's going um, really bad. The leader of a pride of lion lions, <laughs> um, and then the uh, liver of a goat. This stuff is gonna get really expensive. I gotta go to freaking a mountain where bears are and get bourbon yeah. that's distilled i gotta just still just took our bourbon. podcast from family to uh explicit right there and and then i gotta go and find 12 year old elephants and and get their poop and then get a brew coffee through it i feel like 
Actually, sorry, you're, he's actually onto something. Uh, you ever watch the movie Nacho Libre? Uh, what's his name? Actually goes and gets eats a uh, an egg of an eagle, and it gives him strength. The so egg of an eagle. The, uh, the egg of an eagle. Yeah, an eagle's egg. But see, he should have eaten the eagle instead of the egg. So you're saying his he didn't maximize yeah. his gains. He didn't maximize. He should have drunk the blood. That's yeah. the key. Is the blood. I don't think it worked in the movie though. So yeah. Yeah, oh. maybe forget that. He tried to drink the egg, so... Interesting. Okay, well... It's a great movie, by the way. Uh, shots. We could just end here with that enlightenment. But, uh... Eggs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go now. Okay. What's the takeaway here? <laughs> yeah, what is the takeaway? Uh, you need to... Ryan is crazy? Spend a lot of money on to get huge. No, uh... Well, so we talked about reps a little bit. <laughs> to get serious. <laughs> Bunny trails. To get serious, though, we talked about reps. What about exercises? What, As far as if you're trying to train strength, if you have a strength objective, whether it's hypertrophy, um, getting bigger muscles, or if it's actually uh, improving your maximal uh, lifting efficiency or um, the load you can lift, what are some, some fun, fundamental exercises that yeah. we need to, to at least make sure that we're incorporating variations of in our program. I'm a big fan of compound multi-joint exercises. You know, your, your, your deadlift, your squat, your chin-up, your pull-up, um, your bench press. I think that's a cornerstone of any, any strength training program. Um, we call it your primary lifts, and you also have your accessory lifts. Mm-hmm. That would include towards the end of a workout. Right. But uh, yeah, for there's example. bodybuilders that probably would, you know, probably start their workout with, like, lateral raises or something, but... So when you t- you say compound multi joint lifts, you give us a textbook uh, answer. But what what yeah. are some lifts that are compound and multi joint? Uh, barbell deadlift. Okay, deadlifts. Yeah. Like back squat. Working right? uh, back squat. Yeah, yeah. Um, front squat would be thrown in there. Front squat, even a lunge. You know, if you, if you can go sure. sing, if you want to go like a more unilateral exercise, um, lunges. Anywhere you any exercise where you're working multiple. Uh, Muscles and moving through multiple joints, right, right, uh, and get more of a stimulus and more of a. <clears throat> but why is that? Why is it that I can't just uh, do hamstring curls and get stronger? Aye, aye, aye. Well, <clears throat> I think it comes back to like this this threshold kind of where you need um, you need to you need to produce a certain amount of uh, force or a certain amount of. Um, I don't know, neural drive mm-hmm. to stimulate stimulate your body, and you can't do that on a single joint exercise. Mm-hmm. So right. you, you can do a bicep curl for maybe thirty five pounds each arm, but you do a chin up, and you're going to pull your body weight. Plus, if you're loading your body weight with maybe like external weight. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more. Challenge. There's a lot of components to go into it. Definitely in the neural drive, because if you're just working your hamstrings and you're training the strength of your hamstrings, you you'll get stronger, obviously there. But if you're training with uh, a exercise that requires more muscle groups and like for example the, the front squat let's say you're you're training the front front squat you're going to use your hamstrings for sure you're going to use your glutes and your quads and even your little butt back and your upper back to some extent uh while you're training and that enables you to lift yeah. higher loads now on the other hand too uh you have the neural drive that you mentioned there but also the endocrine response the higher loads you have the more um Things like growth hormone and mm. testosterone, uh, some of those hormones are going to be triggered for 
production, and it's going to enhance the sensitivity of the muscle to receive those in order to increase muscle growth and uh, adaptation to the strength stimulus. Uh, that's just two of them. It amazes me how like there's, I see a lot of people trying to uh, trying trying to train to get bigger, and they don't train legs. Yeah, it's like that's a huge part that they're missing out on if you want to you know increase that growth hormone throughout your body. Right. Squat. Yeah, for sure. It'll, it'll uh, help your upper body training. You know, it's really interesting. When I was like 20, 19, 20, I was in the gym up in, when I lived in Gainesville. And uh, there's this dude who was really big. He trained. And uh, I don't remember what we were talking about, but <clears throat> we were in a conversation one day. And he just told me, he's like, if you want to get bigger arms, squat more. Hmm. And at that time, I was like, oh, that's so enlightening. <laughs> I feel like there's so much truth behind it. I didn't have, like, I wasn't one of those guys who was like, Oh, that's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. I was right. more like, oh, yeah, that, there's so much wisdom there, but I didn't know what it was until yeah. I started studying exercise science and I started to understand the hormonal effects of lifting and what the big impact that makes hmm. on the rest of the body. Uh, and so if you don't, if, if uh, <laughs> you don't understand what I'm getting at, uh, when you train the squat, you're able to get under heavier loads for longer amounts of time and you have a hormone response that's much greater, drastically greater than if you were to actually do bicep curls. Now, you gotta stimulate the muscle in order for it to receive uh, adaptation, as in your bicep's not gonna grow if you don't do something with it. Uh, but if you're squatting and you're also training your upper body, uh, it's gonna have a, a higher response um, just because you're creating an internal environment to hypertrophy or muscle growth and strength adaptations uh, by squatting more. And so you don't need direct arm work necessarily to get bigger exactly yeah so let's get back to exercises uh you're a big fan of you said the deadlift right yes yeah i am too uh let's let's talk a little bit about uh functionality why why the deadlift and not like a clean mm. the clean um well the clean for one thing i i tend to look at all these from like a personal trainer perspective um Clean is a lot harder to teach someone. Um, I see that as more of an explosive lift. Yeah. More of a, you know, to, to, to plyometric lift. Um, and the deadlift's not easier, or it's not easy either, even though it's basically just picking a bar up. There's a lot of, um, depends who you're working with too. It can be a super hard exercise for someone to really master correctly. Um, but I feel like it's, uh, it's a great challenge to the whole posterior chain, um, glutes, hamstrings, calves. Um, also a great core exercise. I, I, I just love the, uh, yeah, that kind of challenge. Yeah, I think also uh, you said it's harder to teach, but it's also harder to learn, right? And that means that you have a higher injury risk. Uh, the bar, bar path, there's an ideal bar path, and there's a very unideal bar path. And if you are training and you're trying to do a clean uh, in whatever variation it is, and... Um, you are training bad habits, you could easily put yourself or corner yourself to a point where the more weight you put on, the higher risk you're taking. Uh, whereas a deadlift tends so to fix far. itself, right? I mean, yeah. uh, you can only get so far with a rounded back deadlift until you start realizing that you have to fix something. Mm -hmm. um, it's also sound, it's a little more functional, right? It, it's pretty, uh, probably pretty common activity to pick stuff off, off the ground. Exactly. That hip hinge is so like I mean it's, it's a it's a foundation of a lot of movements that we do in the gym from swings to uh, to Olympic movements yeah um, and so yeah 
yeah. and get stronger hinge. Definitely. Shirtless Brian, Trigger. you got anything anything to add about the deadlift? Yeah. Shirtless Brian has a, has a great just, hinge, by the way. Just to give you guys an idea of what's happening right now, Shirtless Brian is sitting on the couch texting or sexting or doing something with his phone. <laughs> and every time we ask him a question, he gets up like he's got some wise answer. And uh, it's very anticipatory. Like, it's very, like, oh, my goodness, I can't wait to hear this. It's coming, and then it doesn't come. It yeah, doesn't. Well, yeah. It's because I got, I, got <laughs> I got the keys. I have key, keys to unlocking um, secrets of uh, <laughs> awesomeness and power. And so I'm going to give it to you with the deadlift right now. So what you do is you got to get your butt in the air as high as it can go. And bend over and pick that barbell up or grab it, and then you pick it up, no matter what kind of weight it has on it, and then you lift it, and then you go out and you gotta um you gotta find a wolf and tame it, and then uh call it uh Atlas, and that's each rep of a deadlift. Man, I can't. I don't know what to do with that, Aaron. Wow. <laughs> anyway, uh, don't go into personal training ever. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> stop. <laughs> Too many animals were harmed uh, but, during that. But session. you know what? Charles <laughs> Bryan does make a point. Sometimes people make it too complicated, and I feel like it is just a matter of picking okay. up the barbell. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So see that. So uh, I, I was. Uh, I don't remember where I was, but I was training somebody way couple years ago and uh i for like as a, for a, a very novice personal trainer someone who didn't have very much experience i was super geeking out on the form and yeah. making sure all the things were in place and what happens is well if someone's coaching you this is a bigger problem than if you're coaching yourself even if you're watching yourself in the mirror you're videotaping yourself but if you start tweaking everything you miss the point hmm. and we're talking about strength today but the point is just to get weight off the ground and get your body under some kind of load. And if it means that your form looks kind of snotty the first little while, that's okay. Um, make sure you're recovering right and make sure you're not trying to do that under heavy, heavy uh, loads for uh, like singles, doubles, and triples. But yeah. it's okay to just get down there and experiment. Uh, I, I feel like, yeah. man, I feel like too many people avoid it or altogether or... Um, like paralysis by analysis, the whole thing, and end up screwing themselves over because they thought too much about deadlifting instead of just deadlifting. I agree. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so let's okay. Let's just say that the deadlift we're putting in our program. We're trying to get stronger. We put the deadlift in our program. We've assumed that we've got to hit multiple rep ranges: eight to twelve, fives. Every once in a while, get down to a triple and a, a single and a double. Um, what about? I don't know, upper body. What are some fundamental strength movements for upper body? I always say that the, the king of upper body exercises is the pull-up or the chin-up. Okay. It's the one that no one's doing in the gym. But, dude, what about No one the wants press? to do it. The bench press. Yeah, you know? Everybody should be doing the bench press, man, bro, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, I, everyone is doing the bench press. <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem. Uh, you know... From a from a postural analysis, we, we do so much in front of our bodies, and so I, I'm always going to side with the pulling exercise. I think we need more more uh, shoulder retraction than we do uh, 
you know, working in front of our body. But yeah, the bench press is, is definitely up there. You know, it's 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 definitely a uh, that horizontal push. Yeah, it's very basic. True, true, yeah. true. I uh, heard multiple times from multiple sources, very wise men, who have said, and I'm not going to say exactly who I, I got it from. Gandhi. I know, uh, well, not, not, not Gandhi, that wise. Gandhi didn't train, as okay. far as I know. But I heard Gandhi he, had a pretty good uh, squat. He, uh, yeah? Squat in India. I bet Gandhi had really good squat mobility. He squatted India. Now he's squatted India. He's, he totally squatted <laughs> India. He put India on both sides of the barbell, and he got underneath that shit, and he... Anyways. uh, Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So, I heard that as far as pushing and pulling goes over body, that it's key to make sure that you're pulling as much as you are pushing. Yes. And you mentioned the pull-up. How... Should there be a ratio or some, like... Like a litmus test to check to make sure that you're pushing and you're pulling or like hmm. in sync, like you're strong enough in your your back uh, to balance out your front. Right. Like does the, the litmus like assessment stuff in the trunk match the engine? There should be. I I I don't use one per se. Um, I try to balance out sets and reps with uh, with what I do. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna pull uh, vertically, I'm gonna try to push vertically, you know, in a similar volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything on that? Any kind well, of- <clears throat> so this is what I what I've heard from multiple uh, veterans in the lifting uh, sphere, yeah. and that is, if you are gonna be able to bench press, let's say two twenty five, you should be able to pull up two twenty five, and that that wow. doesn't that's not like with weight attached to you. That's including your body weight. Right. Right. Yeah. So let's say yeah. I weigh 200, I can bench press 225. Okay. I should be able to do a pull-up with 25 pounds hanging from my belt. I think that's realistic until yeah. you get into powerlifting when you start to train for the bench press particularly and you're going to be benching like four or 500 pounds if you're an elite, right. um, six, 700 if you're in like the top uh, 1% of powerlifters and 800, 900 if you're a record setter. Uh, and you're most certainly not going to be able to pull up that much, uh, but so it's okay to have a strength and balance in some. Well, if you're a sport, if you're, elite, if you're a sport, if you're an athlete, you've you got gotta, to right. You gotta have one. So, yeah. oh, that's a great point. <clears throat> yeah. Hmm. So, uh, if you intend to powerlift, just realize that you probably won't be as healthy as the ideal. It's uh, a risk. Yeah, it definitely is. It's a it's a risk you want to take. If you that's what you want to do for sure, if that satisfies you. Yeah, so push and pull, and make sure that you're doing pull-ups in addition to deadlifts, and make sure that you're being you're able to pull up as much as you are to bench press. Bench press is certainly a great exercise to add. Uh, any other lower body? Let's go back to the lower body. Any lower body movements we need to be throwing in as let's say accessory pieces? Accessory. Uh, any variation of of the lunge? I like the reverse lunge better than uh, front lunges. Um, it just loads loads you better, kind of keeps that uh, that weight shift out of your knees a little more, and kind of keeps it back on your heel. Yeah, yeah. Um, kettlebell swings, you know, these are all great, uh, great movements. I tend to bring the reps up higher. I like higher reps on these on these exercises. Um, but yeah, lunge. So a lunge. a lunge would be what's called a unilateral exercise, whereas a deadlift is a bilateral. Bi means both legs, uni means one leg, or it's not symmetrical. Uh, why might that be more um, beneficial than, let's just say, a front squat, like right. a goblet squat, which is essentially the same muscle well, action? 
Yeah. It's just one is <clears throat> unilateral, the other is bilateral. Well, if one, if one, in a unilateral exercise, if one leg or one muscle group is getting the whole stimulus, that's a, that's a greater effect for that. Mm-hmm. There's a guy named Mike Boyle, you know, that bases, bases his whole program off of unilateral strength. And he says, if I can load you on a, on a single leg squat, your left leg or your right leg is going to, is going to go through much more force, much more, much more of a stimulus. Cause it's, it's like, it's got all the load on, on one side. Right. There's a lot of debate between that, you know, whether that, uh, is, is, is uh, <laughs> advantageous or not. But, um, yeah, loading one muscle group, challenging it in that way, I think is, is, a. Uh, there's also stabilization. There's also balance and all that. Some all those benefits, but yeah. So um, like so far, we have we have a deadlift, we have bench press, and we have pull ups. Now let's say we do deadlifts for three sets of five. We do bench press for three sets of five and pull ups, knock out. I don't know three sets of five. If you have weight, uh, what should we be doing for our lunges? Like should we be aiming for higher loads? You mm-hmm. said something about more reps. Yeah. Uh, I don't know six to eight, eight to six ten reps. Eight to ten. Eight to ten reps. Um, or if you're Corey Gregory, go for a half mile. Corey Gregory, that's insane. <laughs> Lunge University. Uh, how much? That's- uh, so Corey Gregory used to be CEO of Muscle Farm. Now he has his own uh, company, Active Media, and a couple other things. CoreyGregory.com. But he uh, he in his tr- his squat days he would lunge for a half mile, qu- three quarter mile, sometimes even up to a whole mile. Wow. And uh, he would lunge while he was listening to podcasts. He would like, <laughs> hashtag lunge and learn or lunge university or wow. hashtag lunge you. So uh, lunge that's a you. shout out. Uh, when, someday when we get you on the podcast, we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, <laughs> there's some, some good solid um, reasoning behind that, getting that hmm. high, high volume work in. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it though for a novice. You've done some uh, some high volume lunging, haven't you? We've with, with the shred shed. Sure, uh, Brian. We've we're, we've we're lunged not. half a mile a couple times, haven't we? <laughs> it's like cue the silence. <laughs> I once did a lunge with uh, Zach Galifianakis on my back. That was a that's a wow. lot of weight. That's like well, you might as well have the yeah. world on your shoulders. That guy is fat. Is that a? Who is that dude, by the way? You ever seen? Uh, you don't. You don't so, that count. I'm accent? almost afraid to ask. But You've never seen uh, uh, it's an the actor. Hangover. Oh. Okay. Or between two friends. Yeah, he's a little guy with the beard. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. He okay. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a fat dude. Yeah, he's a little. Uh, he's a little chubby. Little guy with the big beard. Yeah, a little chubby. A little tank on his belly there. That's an impressive lunge. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool, Zach. If you're listening. <laughs> I'm not uh, liable. That's all shirtless Brian. Anyways. Come at me, bro. <laughs> that's a challenge. So uh, we've got we've got our basic program. we got deadlift. we got bench press. we got pull-up. we got lunges. Is there anything else we feel like we should throw into our program if our goal is strength? We're not talking about anything okay. else right now. We're just still talking can't throw about in some crunches or any kind of like, yeah. I, you think we should? Nah, I mean, no. Nah, I, yeah. Um, hmm. If your goal is strength, I wouldn't, you know, I like some anti-rotational exercises, um, but if your goal is strength, you're going to get a ton, your core is, is doing a ton of stabilizing, uh, you know? Yeah. And so I, I don't know if it's needed. 
It'd yeah. probably just be extra work that so you might need to do. That's an interesting point because that that would be uh, anybody's excuse for not doing abs. Right. But at the same time, if you are deadlifting the right way, you're setting your uh, pelvic floor in the right position, your spine is rigid the whole time, and you're bracing, you're going to be pretty wiped when it yeah. comes to, to uh, your core. On the other hand, most novices can't do that. And so when they do deadlift, they aren't training their core as much. So you mentioned kettlebell swings. I feel yeah. like that would be a really good way to uh, accessorize your program to make sure that you are getting some more direct core work until you get to the point where you can lift heavy and activate your core max play at the same time. For sure. I get my, – my abdominals <laughs> get the most sore from pull-ups. <laughs> really? Dead serious. I think it's that it's, – I don't know if it's that anti-extension kind of uh, – you know, stability wear, but I get super sore. Yeah. No way. All pull-ups. Yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, yeah. I don't I don't get that anymore because I've been doing lots and lots of pull-ups, but okay. if okay. I go in and I, <laughs> and I do pull-ups. Maybe, that, maybe that's more reflection off my uh, how many times I do pull-ups. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, maybe. I, I still know. get sore. You, my abs are sore off anything. Bicep curls. I'm getting sore, man. What's going Sometimes on? I watch Netflix and I eat ice cream. My abs are sore afterwards. Netflix, Netflix and curl. It's a new... Uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna close it out here. But uh, our goal uh, today was to um, talk a little bit about what strength, practical strength, uh, should look like when it comes to training. And we didn't dive into anything super uh, complicated or in depth or along the lines of what you might find in, on the social medias or Reddit or some of these big marketing uh, companies or people who are shouting out and trying to. Um, to throw their program at you, mostly because, and if you listen to our last episode, it really doesn't matter necessarily what you do so long as what you're doing is with quality and consistency. And uh, what we found between the two of us is that deadlifting, uh, some kind of horizontal pushing, vertical pulling, or uh, vice versa, vertical pushing and horizontal pulling, and then an accessory piece for your lower body really is a good start. Uh, those are good staples to begin a strength program. You really don't need to join uh, any specific exercise uh, path. You don't need to even get a gym membership. If you can just grab some weight um, or if you can grab uh, a piece of equipment on Craigslist or or some other used uh, site. Or if you're super rich, just buy that crap off of like <laughs> Rogue Fitness or something. That works. Rogue looking for that, pl- that was a plug looking for some royalties there. No, What's up, but, rogue? <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, um, it's, this stuff isn't complicated, guys. It's not complicated at all. What really matters the most starting off is getting started. Just get up and do it, and then be consistent. And do that for the first year, six months to a year. And after that, you've really developed the basic fundamentals you need to make that adva- advancement off into um, more complicated programs and whatever it may be and that we'll talk about that later periodization and different program uh variances and schemas and why you should do one program versus the other whether we're talking about five by five or the five three one or gc gzcl shout out there on mm-hmm. reddit or i mean the the they're endless uh but west side for skinny <laughs> Well, people. Yeah, <laughs> skinny people. Uh, not to be confused with um, motherless children. Mm. Yeah, Westside for motherless children. That would be a really interesting wow. name. That's yeah. 
Well, anyways, without uh, without another bunny trail, uh, that was that was uh, that's pretty much it. That's all I got, man. Yeah. Keep it simple. Keep it I simple. like that message. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All right, Doug and Aaron out. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find us on Instagram at Shred Shed Strength, at Twitter at Shred Shed Strong, and on the interwebs at ShredShedStrength.com. If you enjoyed this episode, go on to Stitcher or iTunes or whatever your uh, podcast platform may be and give us a good rating. If you didn't like it, uh, sorry. Uh, just go ahead and stop listening, I guess. But hey, whatever. I'll catch you on the flip side. Looking forward to episode five.